0: Good morning! It's November 23rd, 2019, and you're listening to Breakfast Tales. I'm Andre.
1: And I'm Vivian.
0: And we're back! <laughs> we we left for our honeymoon, and now we're back.
1: And that was like mid-October?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, we took a couple weeks off. One week off? Two weeks off. After we came back from our honeymoon. But, you know, you need that. Whenever you go on a vacation, you always need a vacation from your vacation.
1: Mm-hmm. So you know. So that's our vacation. Yeah,
0: that that's our excuse, and we're sticking to it. So yeah,
1: okay, (laughs) totally.
0: Um, anyways, for this week, we actually got some questions Mm.
1: that were forwarded
0: to us. So I figured we we could go over go over those. That sounds interesting, right? Mm -hmm. So these are um from like middle school kids, and like in, in in areas that don't necessarily. Are, they're not too affluent, right? So they don't know too much about our world at all, right? So growing up, we kind of knew what to expect from working in an engineering world. But for them, they don't really know anything at all other than kind of what they see on TV or... Or in school. Yeah, what they hear from Depending school.
1: on like what school programs are available for them.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So they don't know too much about these things. So they, they're asking... They're good questions for sure. So it kind of makes us take a step back from some of our assumptions about what we assume people know about our work, right? Mm -hmm. So um, one of the first things that we get is, is, is pretty straightforward. It's what do you like about your job?
1: What do you like about your job?
0: So this applies to any job, right? But Mm -hmm. to be an engineer, you need to have a certain mindset. And so I I think this, this question kind of digs into that. Like, what about being an engineer? Like, keeps you kind of mentally satisfied.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for me, and I always, I do a lot of outreach programs, actually, with, um, spe- in particular, like, young girls. And I actually answer this question a lot to them. They're like, what is it that you like doing? Like, what what is it your job that you enjoy? And for me, I tell them it's, when it comes down to, in a nutshell, like, it's, um, my as an engineer, I'm designing in some form or way. I'm trying to come up with a new idea and try to, make it right it's a lot of like making and so it's to me what i enjoy most is it's very satisfying when i see whatever product or the item or whatever it is i'm working on actually exist like i made something exist i worked on it i developed it i designed it and now it's there and i to me that was that's personally satisfying for me and that's what i like most about my job
0: mm-hmm. yeah um i mean for sure th- that's mm-hmm. that's similar for me but I think my main like satisfaction, especially day to day because yours it can take a lot of work mm-hmm. to get to that point right where mm-hmm. you you release the product and it ships out and people use it, yeah, but for me, like day to day, the satisfaction from my job just comes from kind of normal problem solving right it's like you're you have a puzzle, you're given a puzzle and you're trying to solve the puzzle mm-hmm. and the moment you you find the solution, you whatever separate the two pieces of metal, you put the puzzle back together. All that that's the most enjoyable part. And the thing about being an engineer is that you're given these kinds of situations all the time, mm-hmm. every day. And so you you can you can feel you can feel satisfied with yourself um, just day to day, every time you solve any kind of little problem here and there. So. That's why I really like, especially when it comes to like programming, things like that. Like you find these kinds of funny little problems all over the place and it's, it's really satisfying to, to actually, to fix them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think like for program, like a lot of people, I guess they don't quite have a good understanding of what programmers do, especially with coding. Mm -hmm. They're like, you're just sitting at a desk looking at a screen
0: (laughs) I mean, we are doing that.
1: It is true. It is true. But when it comes to the, the like, what's actually, a lot of it is, like, um, when you're doing, when you're developing, especially when you're coding, it's, it's, like, almost all of it's happening in your head. <laughs> and so it's, like, a battlefield mentally. So there's action happening. This person looks like they're just looking at a screen, but I promise you, there's a lot of things going on through their head. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then what, part of that is problem solving. You, you know, like, why is this not working? And then you spend hours trying to figure it out. You're like, okay, check this, check this. And then when you finally figure out it, it's the most satisfying feeling. You're like, oh my God, I did it on my own.
0: And it's kind of a funny moment when that happens, right? Because you're sitting there kind of quietly, just staring at the screen, <laughs> t- sometimes t- touching the keyboard. And then you'll just be like,
1: oh, I know it. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. then
0: everyone around you is like, what the, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think I think for a lot of people, it's it's because unless you're in the situation, I guess it's you kind of understand it more. So outsiders look at her like, what? Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. So especially when you work in like open offices or in a shared office, like we do, mm-hmm. like for me when I'm working and something's really frustrating, I was just be like, ah, and like literally banging my head on the mm-hmm. table. And then whenever you find the solution, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like running around the office.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's actually funny. Cause so in my outreach programs that I do, um, some of the kids just like, they're like you. You look so boring. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I mean, it does look boring from, from like a, a an outsider perspective. You're like, what is this person doing? They're just sitting there. I was like, but but there's a lot of gears turning in your head. You just don't see it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's not like, especially for our kind of engineering, it's not too much hands-on solutions. Mm-hmm. I mean, you more so than me, for sure.
1: Yeah, for me, it's more hands-on because I work on full systems. And so, uh, depending on the project, I've had projects that are, like, three months long, up to, like, multiple years. But in the end, when we finally finish, there's actually something that exists. So, to me, that's very satisfying. Like, okay, well, this actually works. I actually physically have it. Now I get to show it to customers, and and I actually get to go wherever it's got to get installed, and then actually see it function where it's supposed to belong, which is weird because I had been involved in the project since, like, the idea stage, like, the proposal stage of it, where it was just kind of something up in the air. They're like, well, I kind of want something that is so-and-so. Yeah. Like, not even definitively.
0: Yeah, it's like, I have a problem and I want this solution. Can you make it? And you're like, uh, let sure." Me think they're about like, it. what do you
1: want it to look like? They don't even know. They're like, it just... Looks nice. I'm like, okay, that's a great requirement. <laughs> um, so I mean, yeah, and then eventually you flesh all the details on, and then it is there, and that's always satisfying to me.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. You wanna hit the next question?
1: Ooh, where is it? Let me see. Mm-hmm. I clearly know where I'm looking. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Do uh, I do this one? Yeah, to do it. Okay. So this one is, the next question is, what is your office or workspace like?
0: So this definitely can depend on the company you work for and even just the team you work for and things like that. But for me in particular, I work at IBM, we're a big company. We just have a big building. And then for everyone that's um, not like super senior, Everyone is sharing an office, so it's two people per office, and then there it's not cubes. They're actually offices with doors and things like that, and so we just have those, and it it it's fine. We just got a big. We each each person has a big desk. It, the office is big enough um, for the both of us. But the thing is there's no windows, so
1: Oh God. (laughs) You almost never see this Yeah,
0: you almost never see any sunlight unless you like kind of walk out of your office and wander around. But there have been a lot more initiatives, even within IBM, to do the new kind of open floor, open office workspace. So basically what that means is instead of being a bunch of little offices that everyone's in, it's essentially just a wide open space it's just pillars and there's just desks across this giant room Mm -hmm. and so you 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 get a lot more sunlight right because there's less walls so you can see outside which is nice but there's no walls so there's no like privacy or anything like that right Mm -hmm. so for people like me that would be a nightmare because i'm really loud and everyone would hate me so a lot of the times in these places everyone has headphones on and things like that But, um, if you really need privacy for like a meeting or something like that, they have a couple rooms that are just like in the center of the floor. So if you, if you need to do a meeting, you just go in there, close the door.
1: Are are they like real rooms? Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So those are like basically just like conference rooms, offices. Mm -hmm. And so if you need to, you can go in there and have like a private meeting or whatever. But for the most part, everyone's outside. Um... In the the open office space. So it's kind of nice because you can see everyone. But for me, I think that would be way too distracting because I'm like, ooh, person, ooh, person, person, person. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't think I could ever do that.
1: Yeah. So for my place, it's where we do an open floor concept. We're a small company. So, I mean, it's what do we got? We got like 25 employees. And like, half of that is engineers. So, not that many. It's, like, a team of, like, ten plus, whatever. Um, so, we do an open floor concept, which is fine for that many people. I think it's fine. Um, cause because we're a small company, a lot of it is... I always emphasize this with some of the new employees, is that we... You have to collaborate a lot because you can't just do everything on your own. So, a lot of collaboration. And so, with the open floor concept for our place is that there's just desks in these areas for people to sit in and it's good because you feel more open to going to somebody and saying like hey do you happen to know how to solve this and then we have windows now which is good mm-hmm. <laughs> They used to be like blinds on it that you couldn't open like i don't know it, w- it was <laughs> they're like you can't open it I'm like why but now now we can't but so, you
0: guys weren't always an open office space, Correct.
1: Right? We weren't always. Um, when I first started out the office, it wasn't an open floor concept. Everyone had their own office, per se. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for me, I actually started out in the lab. And by that, I had a little tiny pseudo cubicle in a corner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just like sitting there. It was easy for me because I had to do a lot of hands-on hardware equipment with the lab stuff. Like I, So for me, I just had lab tables right next to me. And I was like, okay set that up and let it run by itself right there and i'll just sit here and monitor it um so at that time it was fine i mean you were kind of alone for the most part is what i felt like um and for us being a small company working on projects i made me i i did notice it made me less likely to go out and ask me like Hey, let's look at this together. I don't know, and I ended up like sitting there having to like churn through and just think about solving my own problems for a long time when I could have probably just asked somebody.
0: So you would say that <clears throat> being in the open office is actually a lot better for you. It works or for me, even for your company.
1: Yeah, I think it works for me, and even for the um, kind of how the company, my company's workflow works, um, because it. I definitely feel like it definitely encourages. People to reach out and collaborate with their other engineers to be like, well, like I'm stuck here. Or you see, it's I guess like the one thing is that you could visibly see someone like struggling. Like, what are you doing? You're just like sitting there, like <laughs> being mad. Can I help in some way? Like you can offer that, and usually it's like, oh, okay, I've seen this before. Here you go. He does the documentation for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like that. Um, And I like talking to people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's good that you keep talking about working together and collaborating because the next question (laughs) is, which is a better work environment, competition or collaboration? So, I think this means, like, is it better to have your employees kind of competing with each other to succeed or everyone working together to succeed?
1: I kind of wonder, like, what example they might have might have thought of when they were asking this because like is it a competition like i i mean to me i picture like one of those like big accounting or like business companies where it's like people trying to climb up the corporate ladder and stuff like that just throwing people under the bus so they can look good and stuff is that like competitive is that what it is
0: yeah what i'm thinking of as an example is like amazon how they run their their company is that (laughs) within within each group right they're ranking every single person and they're each person is like clawing over the next person to to succeed and rank better right
1: yes um, and yeah so like i for them i guess that's true it's like because everyone has a kind of senior like a, not a senior level but you have you definitely have some level in the hierarchy right mhm where I guess depending on the the company's work culture, that is I guess like highly regarded and emphasized and I mean I always just think of Amazon as an example where it's really every man for themselves um, there's a lot of times where it's all about getting the promotion, getting to that t- job title just so you can go up and I think that actually is a very it becomes a more toxic work environment because. You can't trust anybody. It could be like your the the other employee that you're working with is, your coworker is could be <laughs> I don't know you could back get backstabbed and and the thing is there's nothing to prevent that like their own company doesn't doesn't do anything about it like oh no you can't do that like I've actually seen firsthand an example where someone's work was stolen and they got no credit for it. And then they got thrown under the bus for it. And while well, everyone else got promoted, like actually there.
0: Yeah. So, so in general, especially on, um, big kind of projects and things like that, collaboration is always, is always better. Right. I mean, the, the competitive nature might mean your employees are really trying their hardest. Right. Mm hmm. But, that's just so that's like fear that's driving them right it's not it's not internal motivation it's not like wanting to do a good job so c- competitions I don't think is is the right way to go
1: I guess yeah so internally internal competition I think is never really the way to go it I don't think it is positive in any way but externally like companies versus companies like that is competitive right um depending on what company you're working for your company might have a rival company that's trying to develop the exact same thing who can Mm. get there first then that's maybe the only time when a competitive nature thing comes in but that's because you're competing with another company
0: right but you're not competing with the people that you're actually working with no you're yeah because at the end of the day When you have, when you get stuck and you have a question, you want to be able to ask somebody and you want to be able to trust that they're going to tell you the Mm -hmm. answer. And you, you want, you want these people, these reliable people beside you, right? There's no company where you want to be like, can I ask this person? No, you just want to be like, I'm going to go ask the person, right? Yeah. I've got a question. I know they know the answer and I know they're going to tell me the answer. And that's the way it should work. Right? Yeah. Because If if you are stuck and you're trying to and you have to just do it on your own because everyone's fighting with each other to be the top dog, then I mean, your overall productivity is going down and the quality of your product's not even going to be good because everyone might be out of sync with each other. Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, I guess like another scenario that I can think of that maybe uh, that I've probably seen is that a more senior person maybe not helping someone below them because they don't want them to look good. Because it's like trying to like ensure that they're they have job security. Like, oh, I'm important. They should keep me. They, they, sh- they shouldn't. The government shouldn't feel that I'm. Um, I don't um know. Can be replaced. <laughs> so like, ins- I, that's one scenario that I have seen. That's kind of like an internal competition where you purposely hold off information just for it to look good. Mm-hmm. Which, in the long run, I think for the most part, it's never really a good outcome. It, because your company is not winning because productivity goes down. And just, you're not a friendly person.
0: <laughs> yeah. For the most part. Because the other thing is, yeah, I mean, you're you're spending the majority of your, your time, your day, with these people. So if you can't have fun, you can't be pleasant with them, then it's like, that's going to be really miserable, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you can't joke around and have fun with your work, then... You're just gonna you're gonna burn out so fast mm-hmm. because I mean it's eight nine ten hours a day right? Yeah. There's no way that you can just sit there and be miserable every day doing that.
1: Yeah, because it actually takes, crazy. I mean like doing it on purpose and everything yeah. it takes a toll on you a little bit. So I mean when it comes down to teamwork is important. I mean we are as a society as mankind we. Thrive on community, right? And so, when it comes down to it, if you can collaborate and then you try to be part of a community, which in this case would be like your team or like I don't know some company I don't know it's like your their section or something like that. just having a sense of belonging it helps a lot in the long run for you and for everybody,
0: yeah, because i mean if you if you are friendly and you're having a good time, I mean. Once you become old, it's hard to make friends. <laughs> so if you can make friends with people at work, then I mean that's good, right? Mm-hmm. Because then you can you can enjoy and have fun at work and then if you still like them as more than just work friends, you can hang out after work too. Mm-hmm. You can hang out uh, outside of work because honestly, meeting meeting new people and things like that can be difficult when you when you get older. Mm-hmm. So, it's just like when you're in college, you're just tons of people, right? You just hang out with everybody all the time. But once you graduate, you kind of lose touch with all these people, and then and then it's hard to find a new group of people just because you're busy doing doing your own life, right? You're working, you're commuting. There's not that much time um, left in the day just to to meet new people and hang out, and interact. So if you if you're interacting in like a pleasant environment at work. Then the majority of your time is is kind of like lost.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I guess TLDR. Try to be try to work in a nice, friendly environment. It it'll help you grow personally, and it'll help you do your best work. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess the last question is kind of an interesting. It's like a curveball, but Ooh. might as well just go for it. Um. It's like, which company surveys should you bother to give feedback to? So, you know, what occasionally sometimes you'll get whatever surveys from companies about whatever a product or a service that you purchased, used, something like that. Okay. So the question is like, when is it worthwhile to you to actually answer those?
1: To you as in the consumer? Yeah. Like... (laughs) Like, when you receive one, when should you respond to them? Like, yeah. does it go into a black hole or not? Okay, uh-huh. th- that, wow, that's a curveball.
0: That, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, almost never should you answer these things, okay? <laughs> because basically you're giving them a lot of information about you for free, right? Yeah. And if you think about it, how would this benefit you, right? Almost never will it actually benefit you. But if you feel like it's a product that you really like, or you strongly have opinions about, then for sure you should give feedback, right? So if it's like, whatever, this toothbrush, and they're asking you, hey, do you like the toothbrush? And you're like, "Mm, I wish it would vibrate faster. Then you can can give that feedback, because then maybe they'll actually take that into account, Mm -hmm. right? But if they're just like, hey, we noticed you bought our toothbrush. How old are you? where do you work how much money do you make like where do you like things like that like they don't need to know that but they want to know it because it helps them but it won't help you right
1: no it's not yeah it won't help you because what happened is they're using that just to that's it's for marketing reasons right so they can target a certain group they're like well we're clearly not communicating well with the the teens right here so let's Right. Do something to change it up. Like maybe we needed to be more, more hip or something with the marketing. And so that in the long run doesn't help you. That's true. Like,
0: I mean, it has the potential to help you because then they could be like, oh, we see that, whatever, 20 to 30 year old people living in California love our toothbrushes. Let's like spend more money over there or mm-hmm. something like that to make it better for them. But I mean, generally speaking, I don't feel like it super will benefit you Mm -mm. in most scenarios.
1: I just like the one that's a little more open. They're like, why didn't you like about it? Like what, why did you rank it so low? And I could be like, well, I have, I have reasons that (laughs) I want you to know about.
0: Right. So Mm. that stuff is good, right? Yeah. That, that stuff will always be good. But the, the, the danger about these kinds of surveys is that no matter what you're doing on the internet, you're probably being tracked and monitored just yeah. passively, right? So they can see what websites you visit, things you've bought, things you've looked at, all that kind of information. They build a profile around you. Mm-hmm. And so they already know all this information about you. And then you start filling in. If you are willingly filling in like blank spots for them, then they can know everything about you. And then mm-hmm. the real danger is that if somehow... Their databases, their whatever information systems get exposed or hacked, right? Because then some random person out there, not definitely not a good person, yeah, <laughs> is going to have access to all the details of your life, right? They'll know who you are, they know where you live, they know how much money you make, like all kinds of things. And you don't know what they're going to do with that, but there's a lot of potential harm that can be done, mm-hmm. right? So that's why for me, I always try to minimize the amount of information I give out, even if it's for like a little bit, uh, even if the gain is, is slight there. Right. So recently we, we got called in to talk about our like insurance policy and there's, there's these things that people do nowadays for the car insurance where they're like here, um, if you use this little device in your car, then we'll give you a discount and, so I asked him, of course, what do you use this device for? What does it do? And you're like, oh, it it monitors your driving habits, um, and if you're a safe driver, then we give you a discount. And you're like, oh, that sounds great, right? I get a discount. I'm a safe driver. I want a discount. But, but, but how, then, Yeah. Then you want to think about what what is that puck collecting? What is it? What data is it collecting? I mean,
1: how does it determine you're a good driver, right?
0: Right. So what is it doing? It's monitoring your GPS coordinates. It's mm-hmm. monitoring how fast you drive.
1: From the GPS coordinates. Or it doesn't Probably. it can have accelerometers it could inside. Be that. That's
0: true. So it's like it can determine everywhere you normally go, right? Yep. And they already know who you are. They have a bunch of information on you. So all that data is feeding into their database, right?
1: Yeah. And then now they know where you are.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and basically that just means there's another there's another database somewhere out there in the world that has your information and it's a complete profile of you. And so I said, no, because to me, I already know my location data and things like that are being tracked by like Google for Google maps and other companies like that. But I don't want another like potential source of information for people, for like bad actors to gain access to Mm -hmm. because the more places that your information is just means you're more exposed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you want to try to minimize that as much as you can, because at the end of the day, you might be hacked eventually. Right. Like some of the places that I've been on have definitely been exposed. And so the less that you have that potential to be exposed, the better,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: because, I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of companies are really bad about information security. Like, really, really bad. Because for the most part, people are just trying to build these systems. And then it's an afterthought to put security on. Mm -hmm. So I think just recently with Disney Plus that just released, there was a huge, like, there was a huge thing with them where they, like, released the, the, like... Username passwords on tons of people because of a feature that they added in, which is like if you put the password in wrong, or if you put a password in, it can prompt your username. So then they can match the username to the password like that.
1: Oh, what? (laughs) That's okay.
0: Yeah, it was something crazy like that. So it's like some feature that somebody thought was good.
1: That's terrible. But they
0: didn't think it through. And so they made a security vulnerability.
1: You think everyone has different passwords.
0: (laughs) And so that's why it's really dangerous out there. And so try not to give your information away as much as possible. Even if it gets you like a couple bucks here and there, definitely don't do it. It's not worth it. Your your private information is worth so much more. Okay. So that's my rant about personal online presence.
1: Okay, which... And now to spin the initial question of whether customer surveys should be answered or not. So let, just to flip it around, there's the surveys you get from local companies, like a restaurant you ate at, or I don't know your local like store that you go to. So most of those are like rank your satisfaction. Were you highly dissatisfied? Or were you highly satisfied? Mm-hmm. So one thing that I found out um, through, uh my coworker was talking about it was most of those surveys for the small companies small so these small businesses they definitely encourage you to answer it which I'm totally for because you want to support local small businesses right and this is one way for you to kind of talk through and tell them like okay I wish you could do this or like I didn't really like your music choice in the restaurant please change that mm. <laughs> Or something like that. And then the thing is, it is very likely that they'll actually see your feedback and they'll do something about it because they're like, oh, no, I feel like a lot of people don't like that. Okay, let's change it up. And it's good for them because if you actually enjoy some some sort of service with them, you probably want them to succeed. Or in general, it could be like you really hate what they're doing, but you're giving them some insight of what they're doing wrong. And maybe that for them could save their business because these are just your. These, these are your local neighbors and everything that's running it.
0: Yeah. And they're not going to be like the people that are whatever selling your data or things. Yeah. Like that.
1: So like it's it's all so surveys like that are great um, and they're good for you to answer. And so that kind of feedback is important. <laughs> but I also hate the ones where like on a scale of zero to 10. How do you feel about this? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. Neutral, <laughs> neutral. <laughs> that means nothing to it people. means nothing to people exactly. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, just like if you answer that. Also, like I, oh, I don't know. I hate those number things. There was like uh, I was talking to my coworker about it because there was a car dealership that he went to, and they sent out a survey for how the guy did with I don't know the whole sales sale of the car, like the whole buying process, right? So. The guy answered nines across the board for the most part, my coworker.
0: Which is not good enough.
1: Which wasn't good enough. And what actually happened, and he, my coworker actually got mad about it because he found out through the salesman, was that his salesman got docked his commission just because it was a nine mm-hmm. instead of a ten. And then the owner could do that because he's like, well, it wasn't a perfect ten. That's not satisfactory enough. And then my coworker's like, can I change it to tens then? I mean, like, I didn't really mean... Like, he was good. He shouldn't be losing pay because of it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, that, yeah, that's how those go, but.
1: Yeah. And so we're like, I don't know. And now, ever since I heard that, I'm like, oh, this could affect somebody. And so I was like, now I just answer very extremely on everything. (laughs) But I'm at least now that I'm aware that things like that could happen. Now I'm just like, okay, I wouldn't, I don't want that. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I'm satisfied. Let's just go with 10. Yeah.
0: You were definitely not perfect because there's no such thing as perfect service, but it's like, It was fine. Yeah. You don't deserve to lose money for it. Yeah.
1: Like I can't complain. Yeah. Like, I don't, I feel like just, I, you shouldn't be like, you should make us a living still from this. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, that's my, my take on the local one.
0: Yeah. So use your brain, think about it. If it feels worth it to you, then go for it. But otherwise try to limit yourself.
1: Yeah. If it's anything about yourself.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, I think that's all the time we have for today. hmm Um, thanks for the questions. Uh, if anyone has any more questions for us, we could do another one of these episodes. You can tweet at us. We're at btails underscore podcast on Twitter. Um, but yeah. Thanks and for we'll
1: that. answer more questions next time, maybe.
0: Yeah, that'll be good. Um, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Bye.